And hello again, Timberwolves fans. Are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? Episode number 64 today of the show, which is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you, as always, for downloading and listening to this show. Do appreciate it oh so very much. Today is Wednesday, November the 24th, 2010. So, of course, Thanksgiving Eve. And right after the Wolves and Spurs game, and a lot of you listening know how that ended, how it started, how the whole game went, and now it ended. Yeah, how it ended. Oh, God! I just, the frustration level, just uh, unbelievable, off the charts. Uh, it really was. We got four games to review today, but uh, as mentioned, Timberwolves Explosion, available on the sportstuff.com and iTunes. Also, like to try to post it on TimberwolvesPress.com, having a little problems with that of late, so my apologies. Going to have to try to figure that out at some point or figure out what to do in the future. Not really sure what's going on. Um, it's getting kind of strange. So, yeah, got four games to review. Mostly going to talk about the Kevin Love and Darko Milicic today <laughs> in a big way. Uh, Michael Beasley continued his incredibly hot run, but it came to a screeching halt here. Uh, in about the second or third game. We'll get to that very shortly. A little frustrating with Michael Beasley, but Darko Milicic, and yes, Darko Milicic, you could easily say is the story of the past week or so. He has just really come on. He was on an uptrend. You were starting to see signs of it in that uh, in the last couple of games there on the previous show, particularly the Charlotte game, Charlotte Bobcats game, which the Wolves uh, let go. Unfortunately, that was very, very, very frustrating. The Wolves let go of the game a few nights ago against Oklahoma City Thunder. That was insanely frustrating as well. So that's pretty much what's on the docket today. So we're going to get to the Clipper game, though, first. Actually, the last Timberwolves victory, their fourth win of the year, is like, wow, the Timberwolves are 4-9. and nine. Hey, here we go. Not bad at all. A 113-111 emotional victory over the Los Angeles Clippers. A very back-and-forth game. The teams are even most of the way. The Wolves took a small lead in the third quarter. And were able to finish it in the fourth quarter. And I mean also slightly on a game-winning buzzer beater by Michael Beasley, who I mentioned continued his awesome run with the Wolves at this point in time. Randy Foy still out. This, of course, the Clippers, also known as Timberwolves 2.0, because they have <laughs> they have Ryan Gomes, who uh, apparently lost his starting job at this point to Amino Alfarico Amino. No surprise there. I mean, you got to think that was coming sooner or later. Craig Smith is also on the team. Randy Foy is on the team. Sebastian Telfair was on the team, no longer there. Just imagine all four of those guys on the Clippers. Uh, yeah, Timberwolves 2.0. Of course, they also had Ricky Davis last year and, and earlier. So it's just it's amazing how many old Timberwolves have wound up on the Clippers the past few years. Eric Golden, Eric Golden, as uh, Clippers UK would say, the Gavin Jackson, in case he's listening. Of course, yep, because he hosted a Clipper Talk. Hopefully that returns to the sportstuff.com. That would be totally cool. Eric Gordon, though, by the way, now that I'm finally said his name about four times, had a pretty darn big game. He got to the basket a lot, got to the line 13, uh, 13 attempts, made 10 of those, 2 of 6 from 3-point range, about 50%, 9 of 19 from the floor for 30 points, but the turnovers hurt the Clippers down the stretch in this game, not surprisingly. Blake Griffin with a, uh, if I can say it, <coughs> A Kevin Love-like game, 26 and 17. Not bad at all. 26 points, 17 rebounds, of course. Um, the Clippers, though. Hey, what can I say? I'm gonna say this, and it's not 
meant as a shot. It's just a fact. They're losers. And no, that's again, like what I'm saying, I'm not just going, you know, they're a bunch of losers. No, they're losers. In terms of they don't win close games. This team does not win close games. The Los Angeles Clippers, yeah, the Wolves absolutely had that super snake bit with that last year. They're starting to show signs of it again right now, but again, playing at least playing very competitive like the Clippers did in this particular game, but you got to win some of them. And the Clippers have won one game all year. They're 1 in 14 now, 1 in 11 at this particular time having lost their 6 in a row to the T-Wolves, the Timberwolves. But uh, Darko Milicic, another solid game. The rebounding, not so good. The block shot, block shots, three blocks in this game. I mean, the guy is just a, he, <laughs> they should call him the goalie. I mean, he is just an outstanding shot blocker. Anthony Tolliver, the other shot blocking specialist on this team with three as well. Darko, not much of a rebounder, though, in this particular game. He just, you know, he... His rebounding is up and down. It sure ain't Kevin Love-like. He only got three in this game, despite the fact, obviously, starting and playing major minutes. Luke Ridnar making his return to the Timberwolves, <clears throat> playing more major minutes in this game. Eight assists, three steals, 12 points. Oh, I'm going to rant about Luke Ridnar a little bit later, but not not in this particular game. Kevin Love with yet another double-double, 24-14. and 14. But Michael Beasley was the story of the night, hitting big shot after big shot down the stretch. In the fourth quarter, Michael Beasley looking like an absolute superstar in this game. And in fact, reminding me of Carmelo Anthony. That's right. NBA Jam. Carmelo Anthony. That's right. <laughs> there is just uh, no doubt that uh, Michael Beasley on fire, just like Carmelo Anthony can be when he wants to, especially in the third quarter against the Timberwolves. That's like his tradition. Uh, Nikola Pekovic has fallen out of the rotation. That is definitely a major note. Uh, Kufos, Kufos gets very few minutes. He's just, you know, he's a backup, but apparently Anthony Tolliver tends to play uh, Darko's minutes when Darko is not playing. Um, tends to play the center position. Love plays a little bit of center as well. Dar- uh, Tolliver is certainly the better defender. There's no doubt about that. Lots of energy, but Kevin Love, absolutely the MVP of the Timberwolves right now. He has unseated Michael Beasley as we continue to move forward. But a guy who has really emerged in just a ridiculous way. We're going to talk about him an awful lot. A guy who's gained a ridiculous amount of confidence. And uh, I made a goofy <laughs> comparison. I'll get to that later in the San Antonio game. We're going to talk a lot about the Spurs game, by the way. That was the most emotional game of this stretch. This is the second most, I guess. I guessed. I mean, they all were fairly good games. Except the cruddy Laker game, which is Friday the 19th. That's the next one. Um, Darko, though, 5 of 6 from the floor. I mean, the guy has found his shot. His hook shot's fallen. You like it or not, you get tired of the hook shot, you'll like a little more, you know, dunk the ball or something like that. But, uh, hey, they're going in. They weren't earlier, but they are now. The turnovers have definitely really mounted with Darko Milicic. He had seven tonight against the Spurs. Yep, five against the uh, Clippers in this particular game a week ago, Wednesday the 19th. So uh, the Timberwolves finished strong. Michael Beasley getting Ryan Gomes. That's classic. Getting Ryan Gomes up in the air. Ryan Gomes behind him, Beasley timed it perfectly and hit that shot. And no, I'm not comparing him to Michael Jordan, but from the similar spots that Michael Jordan shot the ball, you know, the classic 45-degree angle that I just absolutely love. Spectacular. Love those shots. or kind of, you know, the wing shots, we'll say as well. Uh, love that. It's a nice shot. And uh, Beasley looking terrific at this particular point. So the Timberwolves win their fourth game of the year at that point. They are still... At four wins, unfortunately. So that's kind of a hint of what we're getting to 
as we continue reviewing the games. Yeah, it's just the fun level drops off a little bit uh, in terms of the winning, though the competitiveness was pretty good outside of this cruddy Laker game. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about the least, of course, Friday the 19th. Minnesota Timberwolves lose 112 to 95. Matt Barnes shot the lights out, and when a guy like Matt Barnes, who's a good basketball player, but of course, of course, Matt Barnes uh, is a role player. That's right, a role player. Hitting shot after shot down the stretch. You're screwed because it's not like Kobe Bryant's not going to get his. It's not like Paul Gasol isn't going to get his. When a guy like Matt Barnes is scorched at the net, you got problems. Derek Fisher, also of note, returning to the starting lineup for the LA Lakers was perfect in this game. Perfect in this game. 5 of 5 from the floor, 2 of 2 from 3 point range. Um, also had four steals, just ridiculous game by Derek Fisher in about 27 minutes. Kobe Bryant shot, did not shoot the ball particularly well. In fact, 8 of 27, a little bit over the top with the shooting. Paul Gasol, really good in this game with a 16, 14, and 6. That's 6 effort, 6 shots, but uh, got blocked 5 times. Darko Milicic was a terror down the stretch. I'll mention again real quick, uh, Matt Barnes. Not only was Derek Fisher perfect, but so was Matt Barnes. 7 of 7 from the floor, 5 of 5 from the 3-point line, and he made all 5 free throws. That is ridiculous. He also even chipped in 7 points, seven, excuse me, 7 rebounds, 6 assists, and 2 steals. Matt Barnes, ridiculous effort. 24 minutes, 24 points. What can you say? Uh, forgive some of this box score reading. I know that people don't always like that. I'm not really here trying to read the box score. I'm just, I'm giving you the numbers because they're silly. I mean, when a guy's shooting perfect from the floor, I'm going to tell you what he did. And then you add on the other stats, and it's like, good Lord, man. The guy is just a, the guy was all over the place. Uh, Theo Ratliff and Andrew Bynum, notably, missing in this particular game. That's the thing. You have an injury-prone starting center in Andrew Bynum. So then you bring in a veteran backup who's also injury-prone in Theo Ratliff. Yeah, he's a nice veteran. He's a nice player and all that stuff still, even though he's really old, Theo Ratliff, but he's uh, pretty injury-prone. That's, yeah, a good thing Paul Gasol can play center, and play center he did in this game. He was very good, as I mentioned his numbers, including the six assists. The guy is as good a passer as Darko Milicic, who played out of his freaking mind in this game. Darko Milicic. Are you ready for this line? Are you ready, folks? And again, yep, the box score, because I have to. I have to because it's so stupidly good. <laughs> 23 points, 16 rebounds, 5 assists, 6 blocks, 2 steals. So those of you that had Darko Milicic on your fantasy team on this particular night, <laughs> congratulations, you won. Okay, or at least you, I hope you won in that particular game. Michael Beasley. Now, the number is still high. His minimum of 25 points. Remember how I was talking about He scored a minimum 25 points ever since that incredibly awesome showing against the Sacramento Kings. Before that, Beasley was about 17 here, 15 there, pretty much. After that after that awesome Sacramento game where he had scored 42 points, he had a minimum 25 points for about a 6-8 to eight game stretch. Just beautiful effort by Michael Beasley. Though, unfortunately, you see a major drop in his uh, field goal percentage. And uh, it was a sign of things to come. 9 of 22 from the floor, 25 points, 6 turnovers. That's right, the composure starting to disappear a little bit. He did have 2 steals and 2 blocks in the game, though. He did get 10 rebounds, which is also a rarity. Beasley, not the greatest rebounder of all time. Um, 
But a huge, huge thing of note here. Kevin Love, scoreless in this game in 34 minutes. Oh, come on! <laughs> yeah. Kevin Love, 0 of 7 from the floor. That uh, That's a little disappointing. Uh, I, but uh, <laughs> certainly not his best game of the year, that's for sure. That's certainly killed the Wolves down the stretch when uh, you're probably, okay, I'll say it, your best player. I'm finally saying Kevin Love is the best player on the team. It took me about two years, three years to say it, but he's the best player in the Timberwolves right now. Um, did not uh, score a single point in the game. He missed both of his free throws. He, he only got seven rebounds as well, just not his night. He was blocked three times in the game. Um, Tolliver was very good. Ridnar was solid. Though the assist numbers pretty much vanished. I mean, when you're starting center as your leading assist guy with five assists, that's a little frustrating. Kelfair with two assists. Ridnar with one. Three assists with both of your point guards. That's another, uh, you know, it's one of those deals. There's just the offense was not really in sync in this game. The defense, well, <laughs> I guess, well, there's not much you can do when these guys are hitting every single three-pointer in the world. But there is much you can do when... Uh, you're constantly leaving your man because the triangle keeps bamboozling you. I mean, the Wolves should be one of the few teams in the league that ha- that understands the triangle as good as anybody else because they play in the flipping triangle. But uh, no, they got bamboozled by the triangle pretty good in Matt Barnes. Steve Blake hit, hit a three as well along with Shannon Brown. But uh, Matt Barnes and Derek Fisher, perfect from the arc. That's seven of seven from the arc in, in combination. Twelve of twelve from the floor overall. That's a little ridiculous. So that's pretty much what summed it up in this game. But Dr. Milicic, absolutely amazing ever since this particular game. Um, Though he was good in the Lake Clipper game, he was good in the Charlotte Bobcat game. The guy has absolutely emerged as a player in this league. So now we quickly move on to the uh, the Charlotte Bobcats game. Monday, the 22nd of November, of course, just earlier this week. Again, the Timberwolves, well, they were very... Solid in the first quarter, fell way behind in the second quarter. I mean, you give up 37 points to the Oklahoma City Thunder in the second quarter, and you figure, ah, it's over. Yeah, we're only down by 10, but 37 points, that's a really bad sign. That's a sign that the defense is just getting stone, just getting destroyed yet again. In the third quarter, the team is just kind of seesawed back and forth. It's like, yeah, it's going to be one of those games where the Wolves lose by 10. Well, they did lose by 10. Yeah, they did, but the frustrating part is the Wolves took a six-point freaking lead in the fourth quarter. Oh, come on, man. And we're talking late in the fourth quarter. You're like, with the <laughs> about two and a half minutes left, I understand two and a half minutes is like plenty of time for the other team to catch up, but just the, the way the Wolves let this one go is awfully frustrating. It was sickening. And what do you think it was? Well, a bunch of misses and a bunch of turnovers. Sound familiar? Of course it does. Of course it does, because that's what snake bit this team for eternity. It's uh, very frustrating. Yes, again, as mentioned, 117-107, to 107, the final score in this particular game. It was uh, well played for the most part. Just the finish was very frustrating. Kevin Love was pretty amazing in this game with a 24-17 effort. 4 of 6 from 3-point range. 10 of 17 from the floor. Michael Beasley, though, there it is. There it is. There's the drop in the field goal percentage for him. Only 7 of 20 from the floor. 15 points, so a very <laughs> big drop-off from 25 and up for him. Darker Milicic with 21 points. Did get three blocks, but only four rebounds in 
36 plus minutes, 9 of 14 from the floor. Another great effort by uh, Darko Milicic that the Timberwolves could have used some extra rebounding down the stretch in this game and uh, giving up offensive rebounds late in the deal. Luke Ridnar, 17 and 7 in the game, very solid. Tolliver, every single game, plays solid off the bench along with Corey Brewer. I mean, you got to love Tolliver and Brewer off the bench. They have been a big factor for this team. Wayne Ellington seeing his first bit of playing time in quite a while. He had completely played himself out of the rotation with bad field shot attempts, and he also hurt as well with the hamstring. Seven and a half minutes and a whole lot of nothing other than one turnover in the game. Spectacular there, but, I mean, what do you do? It's pretty much like a seven- or eight-man rotation with the Wolves right now. It pretty much is, and um, <laughs> the starters get tons of minutes. Wesley Johnson shoots about, gosh, I swear, most of the time he shoots nearly 50%, sometimes even higher, and he gets about six to nine attempts a game. And uh, i got to think sooner or later this club has got to start giving the ball to Wesley Johnson more, maybe cut out of Michael Beasley field goal attempts if he's shooting poorly, or Kevin Love's field goal attempts if he's shooting poorly. I mean, you got to you got to make adjustments offensively if somebody's shots just aren't falling. and uh, Because Wesley Johnson, I'm telling you, they need to increase his field goal attempts ever so slightly. It would be nice. I mean, it can't hurt, can it? It really can't. I mean, the guy's shot continue to go down consistently. I understand he's just a rookie. And Kevin Love and Michael Beasley are the stars. And Darko Milicic, I mean, he's a hot hand right now. you got to keep giving him the ball, too. But I think they need to find a, a few more shots for Wesley Johnson. I, I just don't think it could hurt at all. His shot attempts are generally uh, smart. They're, they're, they're always at good times. And, uh, you know, they, they go in. That's, a, that's another big thing. I mean, when his shots go in, <laughs> that's what matters most, isn't it? i got to think. Uh, the Wolves shot really well from three-point range in this game as well, 47%. It really got the Wolves going down the stretch. Again, as I mentioned, taking four-point two-point lead, one-point lead, six-point lead, but then it just dwindled down. They couldn't make a shot down the stretch. The frustration level started to take over, and Charlotte continued to hit shots. They'd get fouled, get to the basket, hit their free throws. Charlotte, 32 of 40 from three for the free throw line in this game. Kevin Durant hit 16 of 17 to, in, the, in the game from the line. That killed the Wolves. Uh, the offensive rebounding is what buried the Wolves, though. That was Seth Felosia with a big offensive rebound, and uh, Kevin Durant as well down the stretch. Those were killer. Seth Felosia was perfect from the floor in this game. Another Matt Barnes-type performance. 5 of 5 from the floor, 13 points and 11 rebounds. Seth Felosia is a shooting guard, and he got 11 rebounds in this game, folks. And those rebounds killed the Wolves down the stretch because they were all at really clutch points in the game. The Wolves need to get the rebound at the right time, and they couldn't do it. Uh, Jeff Green was scorching the net early, started missing his shots, one up with 24 overall from the game. Kevin Durant couldn't buy a bucket, but he made a lot of his baskets late in the game at the free throw line, and that's why he wound up with 25 points down the stretch. Not a bad effort by Kevin Durant, who also blocked three shots. That's right, Kevin Durant blocked three shots in this game. That's, uh, that's pretty, pretty darn good for a guy you don't really think of in that category. You really don't think of Kevin Durant as a big shot blocker, but he got him down the stretch in this game, and uh, that was quite the shame. So now we head to tonight's game. That's right, Wednesday, the 24th. Yep, the night of episode 64 of Timberwolves Explosion. Again, the day before Thanksgiving. 
I'm going to say this real quick. I hope all of you have a great Thanksgiving, by the way, tomorrow or, well, when you're listening to it, it'll probably be. It's either Thanksgiving or the day after, Black Friday, God forbid, the shopaholics are going to be just, (laughs) the shop terrorists are going to be out there. And it's going to be kind of scary. (laughs) Good luck to you out there. And, uh, hey, don't lose your life over a television. That's all i got to say. Don't get yourself killed out there. I'm not being sarcastic because (laughs) crazy, awful things tend to happen. And people go a little bit overboard. So do chill out this weekend if you can. So, yep, that's the deal. We're going to get to this game now. The game of the week. Yeah, a very safe, safe, safe bet. It's the same game of the week. Timberwolves just were fantastic, and I mean fantastic, down the stretch in this game. It was uh, ridiculous. Especially, well, spectac- more spectacular early than late, that's for sure. Timberwolves take a 33-18 to lead in the first quarter. Absolutely ridiculous. Also got to mention this real quick. Uh, Timberwolves Explosion does have a Twitter account. We're going to refer to that a little bit here in this particular game. Twitter.com forward slash Wolves Explosion. Twitter.com forward slash Wolves Explosion. Very, very simple indeed. Uh, that's mainly because Timberwolves Explosion does not fit uh, in that in the browser. It's just Wolves Explosion. So do check that out. Do give it a follow. And uh, I'd love to meet you and get to know you. So that's the deal. We also have a uh, Facebook group as well. Simply get to Facebook and um, type in the, the search bar, Timberwolves Explosion, Minnesota Timberwolves. Type that in. You'll find it for sure. I'm also looking to create a Facebook page for Timberwolves Explosion, so eventually you'll be, I'll be able to say facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion. That would be a lot of fun, huh? Um, this was a uh, extremely entertaining game. It was uh, worth the price some of you paid for the tickets out there, those of you that did go to the game. The weather wasn't as bad as some people may have thought it was going to be. Yeah, it's a little difficult, but not that bad. It's more or less the fact that tomorrow's Thanksgiving and people are traveling. That can be kind of goofy. Um, it was just one of those games you kind of saw. Ugh, you just kind of saw it coming. It's just so frustrating. An awesome start by the Wolves, as mentioned, but then the Spurs would go on 16-5 to runs, 14-5 to runs, 28-18 to runs, and then guys like Manu freaking Ginobili started hitting three-pointers. Tony Parker started hitting three-pointers. He was, well, he only hit one of three, but he started hitting shots all over the place. Ginobili wasn't miss, wasn't uh, making his threes early, but he started sinking them late. Four of ten overall on the game. Richard Jefferson even hit a three-pointer really late. Yeah, he was one of five from the floor, or from three-point range. But, of course, that one three-pointer was really late, and it was a very big frustration indeed. George Hill still a factor for the Spurs off the bench. Five of eight from the floor. He's only in his second year, actually, believe it or not. Um, Parker certainly has stepped up. Last year, he was uh, a shell of himself, and George Hill was starting for the Spurs, remember? That's a big reason why the Spurs are, what are they, 13-1 and one now? Oh, my God, yes, they are. 13-1. and one. Manu Ginobili still is Manu Ginobili. Tim Duncan getting older, getting more and more frustrated out there. <laughs> Kevin Love actually frustrated Tim Duncan in this game, which was, I just could not believe it. Shocked the living crap out of me. Um, Matt Bonner only hit two three-pointers in this game, but of course they were at the point that uh, they were devastating. Absolutely devastating, both of his three-pointers. It's just, that's how the Spurs are. That's how the Spurs are. You think you got something going, but then they start hitting threes. Or if they're way ahead, they keep hitting threes and rub it in your face, and that's a huge reason why I hate this freaking team, the San Antonio Spurs. 
It is. They'll take a 30-25 point lead and they'll be hurling three-pointers and just mocking you with this cocky look on their face. Uh, that's where I get pissed off at the Ginobili's, Parkers, Bonners, all these guys. Um, in the past, uh, God, in the past, Bruce Bowen, remember him hitting threes all over the place? That got pretty old. Oh, and there was a pretty frustrating three late in the game, too, with Mr. Neal. Oh, boy, the rookie Neal. Mm. Luke Ridnar, though, this guy drove me crazy in this game. I, I don't know what the hell Luke Ridnar is thinking at several points in this game. Now, you look at his numbers, why in the hell did he play almost 41 minutes in this game? I mean, Sebastian Telfer isn't the greatest point guard in the history of the world. He sure the heck isn't. In fact, he used to drive me nuts, but he's starting to be a little bit smarter out there. But Luke Ridnar played almost 41 minutes in this game. He shot 2 of 12 from the floor. This just this doesn't make any sense. That's just absolutely pathetic. Um, and I know people are entitled to having a bad game. It happens, right? Sure it does. But it's a lot, uh, it's a, it's a lot deeper than 2 of 12 from the floor. It's the shot selection. Yeah, he only had one turnover, too, which is amazing. Darko Milicic had seven turnovers in this game, despite the fact he played fantastic. Yeah, Darko Elijahwan. <laughs> they dare call him that. Oh, boy. And Wesley Johnson, I look at this stat again. Uh, but I'll shut up and get back to my point on Luke Ridnar first. The shot selection. He'd come up the court. The Wolves are ahead, and he would constantly throw up these long two-point shots, these pull-up jumpers. And, of course, he'd miss because, yeah, 2 and 2 out of 12, that's going to reflect that. Sure, he had a big three-pointer down the stretch. That was one of his shots, and he had a two-pointer as well. But it's like, dude, Luke, you're the point guard. You're the point guard. You got We've got th- at least three or four other guys. In fact, all the th- four other starters in this game shot really well. Uh, Beasley was the only one under 50%, 5 of 12. Um, well, the other three shot, the big three of the Wolves will say shot over 50%, well over it. Kevin Love, Darko Milicic, and Wesley Johnson. Michael Beasley was only 5 of 12 from the floor, but he's a better offensive option than Luke Ridnar. Why is Luke Ridnar hogging the ball like he's Michael Jordan out here and putting up pull-up jumpers like Michael Jordan? What the hell are you doing? Especially when the guy is cold as ice. Cold as ice was Luke Ridnar in this game, and he's taking up pull-up jumpers over and over and over. This, What the hell? I thought Luke Ridnar was smart. I mean, he looked like a mental gidget in this game. I was so upset on the stretch with this guy that I had to do that little rant there. It could have been a lot worse, so uh, bear with me. Because here comes back to my other point. Wesley Johnson, 5 of 7 from the floor. That's right, 5 of 7 from the floor. Why is he not getting the ball more? I'm not necessarily talking about the end of the game part where the Wolves could have won before overtime. Oh my god. Yeah, I mean, Wesley Johnson isn't necessarily clutch right now. I would probably give the ball to Love or Beasley, or even Milicic, the way he shot in this game. I mean, he was making clutch shots of this game. But, uh, yeah, Wesley Johnson has not been successful late in games yet. As you'd probably expect him a rookie later on, who knows. But no, 5 of 7 from the floor. The guy is shooting the lights out. He hit two three-pointers, two of three attempts in this game. One, At least one of them was very, very clutch down the stretch. Gave the Wolves a, was it a nice six-point or four-point lead? Really, really big for the Wolves down the stretch. He hits the clutch shots when it's like the game is still going. I just don't really think I trust him at the end of the game. Like, the shot. Clutch shots down the stretch, yes, but the shot, no. Uh, the guy needs more shot attempts. Wesley Johnson needs more shot attempts. 
Uh, he fouled out in this game, as did Darko Milicic. That was very unfortunate. Darko Milicic, though, 22 points, 8 rebounds, 5 block shots in this game. An absolutely amazing performance by him. Uh, Kevin Love, though, the story of the night, 32-22. and 22. That's right, 32-22, and 22, a 30-20 game by Kevin Love. Ridiculous, amazing. Nine, they're the ninth Timberwolves player to do that in history for the team. Kevin Love has five, or excuse me, Kevin Garnett has five. Kevin Love has two within a uh, two-week stretch. So <laughs> Kevin Love working his way into Timberwolves history already. It's been very amazing. Michael Beasley did it as well with his 42-point effort. One of the few Timberwolves to arch or eclipse the 40-point mark. Uh, the Wolves bench tonight stunk for the most part, I think. Tolliver, yeah, he made his two shots. Didn't really do much else. Didn't His defense wasn't as good as you'd hope. Really, it wasn't. Three personal fouls. Ticky-tack fouls as well. Um, Telfer did get five assists in only 12, point, in only 12 minutes in this game. Um, and he shot the ball a lot less than Luke Ridnar. I would rather he was on the court than Luke Ridnar, believe it or not. And, I, you know, it's hard to believe that I'm saying it. Something got to Luke Ridnar tonight, and I think in yeah in the previous games as well, he's shooting too much. Yeah, you're the veteran on this team. That doesn't mean you're going to shoot the ball more. That means you're going to lead. There's a difference between leading and shooting the ball. Ah, Luke, come on, man. You're supposed to be the new hope. <laughs> yeah. He had no personal fouls in this game, which is slightly impressive, we'll say. But uh, that that's good, considering you're guarding guys like Tony Parker, but um, who is totally back, playing like a stud again. Mm-hmm. Probably because he got what's-her-name out of his life. Yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Um, ah, I just, that drove me crazy. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. I'm going to get to a few tweets down the stretch here. It'd be nice to get to really quick. I just hope I'm saying her name right. Mate? Mate, I hope I'm saying your name right. I think you're a... I think you're listening, hopefully. Uh, a new listener, a new follower on Twitter. I really hope I'm saying your name right. If you're listening, send me a direct message or tweet or something. Let me know if I'm saying it wrong. Uh, she's saying this was a nail-biter at the time. It's, it's a nail-biter, so good. And she hated that uh, how Luke Ridnar, yeah, that's right, Luke Ridnar, late in the game with no time left, just hung on to the ball. 16 minutes left, or 16 minutes, yeah, right, 16 seconds left in the game. He had the he held the ball the entire time. Just held it. You're not Michael Jordan, Luke. There's no sh- shot on Craig Elo. You're Craig Elo if you're lucky. You know, at least Craig Elo hit some three pointers down the stretch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what do you what, what what was he doing? Just held onto the ball forever until about three seconds left. Then decides to flail towards the basket, and it was like the ball was just spiked down to the ground. Yeah, the Wolves had a point six left, and uh, there was just a futile attempt by Corey Brewer. That was not even close. It was like, just like, okay, whatever. We're going to overtime. But no, she says, uh, hated that too. It's going to be sad if we lose after such a great game. And ain't that the truth. Uh, I I made a comment earlier on Twitter, because I tweeted like crazy tonight. I mean, that was just, ah, man, that was fun tweeting during the game. Just amazing. (laughs) Darko Milicic was amazing in this game hitting hook shot after hook shot. Then he hit a really impressive fade-away, fall-away type shot that gave the Wolves 
the lead. It was just a very clutch play. Gave the Wolves a six-point lead for his 22 points. That was his 22nd points of the game. He didn't get the ball after that. And I was crazy enough to say, oh, wow, Darko with a beautiful fadeaway a la Elijah Watt. And then Rusty of the crossover. And, yes, I'm going to mention it again. The Crossover, which is a podcast on thesportstuff.com that covers the New York Knicks and New Jersey Nets. Rusty is the the host, along with PMAC, that cover the Nets and Knicks, as I mentioned. Rusty's the Knicks guy, or Nets guy. Pardon me, Rusty, for that one. I, would, I know that's going to make you mad. Uh, they're both from Australia. The show is fantastic. Absolutely spectacular. Do check it out. Sportstuff.com on iTunes. The Crossover. Um, he says, how dare you compare the dream and the dead... Shit, there, I said the name, I said the word. Okay, I'm going to say it once in a blue moon. I'm horrified. <laughs> As, yeah, Rusty hates Darko Milicic um, because Darko Milicic was pretty lousy until he got here. The guy never smiled, the guy played like crap, and the guy had the worst attitude maybe we've ever seen. In fact, there's a video on YouTube where he just freaks out in a European game saying some stuff that if he said it here, he would probably not see the court for a calendar year. I mean, it was intense stuff. Um, I responded with, well, <laughs> I responded with, it was just one play. I didn't mean it as like Hakeem Olajuwon's career. I just meant the play, and, uh, you know, i sorry about that to Rusty. He says, it's cool, Joey. I'm just touchy about comparisons to Hakeem, the best big of all time, according to me. Um, you know, that's not a bad argument about the best big of all time. It gets, though, it gets extremely debatable because of, uh, um, I think he's in the I think he's in the camp though. Yeah, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Well, but defensive too. The guy was a shot blocking machine. Just sickening. The dream shake was probably the best move of all time in terms of the center position. Yes, the, it probably was. It was the most effective. It was just ridiculous. Just beautiful. Um, could not believe how good he was. And um, you know you got Kareem and Shaq as well in the offensive side, and even David Robinson. Uh, Bill Russell is not known as an offensive guy. Wilt Chamberlain, there's a lot of debate on him that he was just a complete ball hog and uh, did not believe in teammates at all. I don't know. The guy obviously was a ball hog to score as much as he did. So I'm not even going to get into Wilt Chamberlain. Matei says Beasley needs to step it up just a bit. He's making petty mistakes that have affected us. And, uh, yeah, the guy's shot selection has not been the same of late, and the shot simply is not going down as well as the turnovers by Michael Beasley are disgusting and at the wrong particular time. And uh, that happened in that Charlotte game. That happened in the uh, Oklahoma City game. For some reason, I'm getting those two teams mixed up a little bit, probably because they're newer names the last few years. Charlotte Bobcats, Oklahoma City Thunder, and they're both young and athletic. Just one of them is really looking good and the other isn't that great. (laughs) The Wolves did lose to both in Nailbiters. Um, I, I made a response to, yes, that Beasley really has been hurting us of late. It's a shame that he's, uh, it's a frustrating how he's a little up and down because he was so amazing just a mere week ago. It does get a little frustrating. Her response is, but he's young. With time, he'll develop, I hope. Would really love to see him play like he did in K-State. And, uh, yeah, you did see stretches of that <laughs> the past two weeks. And uh, clearly the guy has the offensive ability to be one of the greatest scorers in Timberwolves history, if not the best. And yeah, that's a big statement, but the offensive talent is, it's there, it's plain as day. You can see it. You can absolutely see it. (sighs) 
so yeah, before I get to the Facebook group and then eventually wrap up the show, nice, nice, strong, cool comments by Nigel Southern as well. In fact, I should probably make the Facebook earlier than I have been doing. I'll get to that in a second, though. Finish up this game first. Uh, yes, the Wolves failed to finish it in regulation. Overtime, the Wolves hit one basket. The Spurs couldn't hit anything, and it was nice. Like, oh, good, the Spurs cooled off. Sweet. Oh, man, I thought the Spurs would just romp us here in overtime because you know, after the way they made that furious comeback and all the Wolves are blowing it and all that stuff. But then the Wolves couldn't hit a shot whatsoever. They're traveling calls, turnover after turnover, missed shot, turnover, missed shot, turnover. The Wolves only wanted but three points in the entire overtime period. And Matt Bonner hit another three-pointer, and uh, that was awfully frustrating. Though I should mention, and I'm just an idiot to not mention this, the only reason this game got to overtime in the first place is not just because Luke Ridnar was just terrible and frustrating by holding onto the ball way too long, but uh, Neil of the San Antonio Spurs, a very little-known rookie on the Spurs, was attempting a three-pointer. Wesley Johnson got under him ever so slightly. A pretty ticky-tack call, I think. And, uh, yeah, this was a three-point game at the time. 106 to 103, and they called the foul on Wesley Johnson. Oh, if Wesley Johnson could have stayed away just a little teeny bit, he might not have gotten called for that ticky-tack foul. And, of course, Neil, like clockwork, who only was one of five from the floor all night, hit all three three-pointers, and that's how we got him. The overtime in the first place, that's how we were in the situation where Luke Ridnar should have passed the ball or maybe hit a shot, but didn't. So I apologize for not getting to that. I got a little ahead of myself <laughs> with all the notes and the tweets and all that stuff. I drove myself a little crazy there, and I apologize for that. Um, that was a very, very frustrating finish. That really was. So then, yes, as I mentioned, Wolves weren't hitting anything. Matt Bonner did hit at least something. And then, of course, uh, Mano Ginobili hit his free throws that he had to late, and uh, that was pretty much about it. That was pretty much all she wrote. Just a heartbreaking finish for the Wolves in this game. Um, they had this game all the way. The Spurs, in fact, never led in this game until Matt Bonner hit the three-pointer to make it 111 to 109, and um, that was the dagger. That was the dagger. So frustrating. So frustrating. And the Spurs win for the 13th consecutive time against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Oh, for the love of God. That absolutely sucks. But again, that's how it goes. That's how it goes. So let's get to the Facebook group. Again, as mentioned, if you have a Facebook account, that includes every one of you that are listening, please do follow the Timberwolves Explosion Show on Facebook, just like on Twitter. Twitter.com forward slash Wolves Explosion. But in the Facebook, uh, go to the search bar, Timberwolves Explosion, Minnesota Timberwolves Show, or Minnesota Timberwolves. Nigel Southern, he's he's you know he's looking for some more contributors out there for a reason. You know We need more... Uh, to join this page, it'd be terrific. So he says, Timberwolves do it again. Four wins, something they didn't achieve until mid-December last year. This was, of course, in that Clipper game. Uh, Beasley is just huge, averaging more than 30 over the last five games. Great shot to win the game. Be easy, says and does all the right things. And Love appears to be falling in behind him as the number two guy. Oh, and a dunk by Darko on a night when he played great D. That was a really fun game, Nigel, and uh, there's no doubt about it. That was just an absolutely fun game. Yeah, Beasley is the top scoring option on this team, i got to think, though 
Yeah, on particular nights when it's just not falling right now, he's he, he's kind of like a, a stock where they go into these uptrends and downtrends. Beasley's been on a downtrend of late, unfortunately. So uh, I think you, you know you take a few shots away from Beasley, a little more for Love, and hopefully a little more for uh, well, a, a lot more for Darko of late. I mean, Darko was attempting five or seven shots a game. Now he's up to fourteen to seventeen-ish, crazy because they're actually going in. And yes, as mentioned, Beasley's uh, field goal percentage has really, really gone in a valley of late in the in a peak in Valley game and in a peak in Valley. Uh, Beasley right now at age twenty-one is me and. Uh, Matei, we're talking about, oh man, I, I, I just know I'm mispronouncing her name, and I do apologize, um, Nigel Southern. This was awesome. This link that Nigel puts up on the Facebook group, hilarious. I also saw it from uh, Marcus, the forecaster as well. Kevin Love and <laughs> Kevin Love and Wesley Johnson. Yeah, I forget, was it Wesley Johnson was going to the line? I can't remember who it was. I can't remember. It was one of the two was going to the free throw line. And, you know, the typical little handshake, little, you know, hand, you know, give me some skin type of play where you kind of slide your hands, whatever. And uh, it was like the laziest thing I ever saw. They, they missed each other. And then one of them, I think it was Love was just standing there. Yeah, Love was just standing there kind of holding it out. Or no, Wesley Johnson was kind of put his hands on his knees like Jordan used to. And just kind of stood there, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Love was kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're about eight inches apart. Love finally just walks over. Okay, okay, let's just finish this. And it got done. It was kind of goofy and embarrassing, but uh, <laughs> I don't think it's a lack of chemistry. They're just kind of, I don't know. They're just kind of like being lazy or something. I don't know what that was all about. As um, long as they're not lazy in playing the game, they're just lazy in the handshakes. Nigel's final comment here last night, or no, this was, yeah, officially after the, uh, the uh, Oklahoma City game, more strong performances by Darko. But another opportunity slips by. This team certainly has potential. Oh, and you are so right, Nigel. Yes, they do. The potential is through the roof right now. This team could be very good in a year or so. The talent absolutely is there. I think you got this time. You got to keep the guys together. You don't make. You don't see eight players leave this time. This summer. This coming summer. Um, I think you have. I think you have a lot of your pieces. Maybe one or two more here down the stretch. As long as they mature together. They're going to start winning some of these close games, and soon, eventually, they might start winning a lot of these close games. And you'll start seeing some blowouts as well, because the Timberwolves just get on fire, and they start blowing people out, instead of getting blown out on occasion by teams like the Lakers and, uh, you know, Atlanta Hawks even, God forbid, or Orlando, yuck. Um, Really, really impressed. Darko Darko Nesterovich, that was really bad, and I apologize. Darko Milicic. Clearly, to me, the best center in the history of the Timberwolves. Uh, not much company there, except for Rosho Nesterovic, who wasn't that good anyway. Darko, clearly a better defender than Rosho, and uh, a lot bulkier. Yeah, Darko Nesterovic, God almighty. Darko Milicic will go down as the best center in Timberwolves history, I think, very easily. Just hope he sticks around and uh, keeps his head on straight, because he's clearly having a lot of fun. He even dove for a ball, a la Dennis Rodman tonight. That's not something you would have seen from Darko Milicic in his previous seven years in the league when he came in at age 17 and, yeah, seemed to be kind of in a, seemed to be seemed to kind of sleepwalk because of his first couple of years in the league, got a little better with Orlando, and then got in check with uh, Memphis and sleptwalk again until he got to Minnesota, which was pure luck that he got here and that uh, things worked out, and, yeah, 
It's been a lot of fun. Darko, Darko Milicic clearly has been a big story for the Timberwolves this past week, and uh, I've really enjoyed, really enjoyed watching it. I just wish there could have been more wins out of it. And uh, I got to think they're going to start coming. I do. We just might start winning close games against the Spurs, and sooner or later those SOBs are going to get too old to play. I just don't know when. <laughs> they're, they're a bunch of ageless wonders. They really are. Um, and that's and they got still have four rings to their name, those sons of guns. At least most of them do. Oh my. Yep. Yes, they do. Most of the main pieces. Well, this has been a really, really fun show to do. I just wish there was more good news uh, in terms of wins, but there is good news. I mean, you're, you're noticing a different uh, sound in my voice. You're noticing a different a difference, like a more of a sparkle in my voice, since you can't see sparkle in my eye, with this team. Because last year, it was like there's really no hope right now. There's no reason to be optimistic about the future. There is reason to be optimistic about the future with this club. And Wesley Johnson, as I mentioned a hundred times, is, is a big part of that because it's like, okay, we need to start giving him the ball more because he's just making everything in sight. Give him the ball. So just you wait until Wesley Johnson starts getting the ball more to go along with Kevin Love and these ridiculously good efforts and Michael Beasley, who could potentially be a mid, you know, a mid-20 points a game type of guy like Carmelo Anthony. Oh, NBA jam, Carmelo Anthony. Um... <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. So uh, we'd like you to please call into the phone lines to Timberwolves Explosion, 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Simply call in to the phone lines and say that you are calling in for Timberwolves Explosion. Make your shout-out, comment, uh, whatever it is, and opine. It'll be a lot of fun. Also, the message boards on the sportsstuff.com thesportstuff.com. Simply click on the button that says TSS Boards. That would be terrific. Then click on Register and then get on those NBA boards on thesportstuff.com. There are so many knowledgeable NBA fans on that page that you will love. Of course, Rusty and PMAC, Kush, Brian Kush, that is, Kush77, um, Tarek, NY Buddha. It just goes on and on. Uh, Clippers UK. It just goes on and on and on. They are just fantastic NBA minds. And I think you'd like to meet them because they're very cool people. Also, Mavs fan as well. Darren, Mavs fan. Good to talk to as well. Knowledgeable about the game. Get on there and talk about basketball. And uh, you will enjoy it also very much. Because those guys follow the game enough that they, they they know about your team. Despite the fact they might be Knicks fans or Nets fans or Bulls fans and Mavericks fans and all that. Um, So that's the good part. So get on there and enjoy. And we're going to call it a week. Timberwolves, well, as we close out November, the Timberwolves play one more game this month on the 27th against the Golden State Warriors, a home game. Hopefully the Wolves can win. I mean, we've had so many horrible, (laughs) so many horrible nightmares against those Golden State Warriors, but hopefully the Timberwolves can beat them this time. A pretty injury-riddled team that tends to score a quadrillion points, but their defense has never been good, and I mean never been good. Then the Wolves head to Dallas on Wednesday, the 1st of December. That should be interesting. The Wolves did win there last year once. Then we head to San Antonio, the old Texas two-step. Dallas and San Antonio every year, Texas two-step. Sometimes it's Houston and Dallas, or Houston and Dallas, Houston and San Antonio, or San Antonio and Dallas. That's the Texas two-step every year. San Antonio Spurs, Friday the 3rd. That should be fun. Saturday against the Cleveland Cavaliers. And then Monday the 6th against 
the New York Knicks. I'll have a show somewhere in there. Somewhere in there, I'm not sure when, but within about a week or so from now, should be fun. Probably, maybe I'll try to get Wednesday night and we'll just have two game reviews and then I'll get to Tuesday the 7th and have three game reviews. That might be a good way to go. Uh, we'll see how it goes, though. I'm sure I'll be back at a fairly reasonable time. Try to do this every week, as mentioned. For uh, That'll be episode 65 and that happens. So, hey, we'll talk about those games. Hopefully we get a win or two down the stretch here in this next week. Uh, until then, take care. Take care.